Hi, I'm Kate Thomas, owner of North and Leisure. I help travelers and travel pros plan custom itineraries to Ireland, Scotland, and Atlantic Canada. And I'm Heather Christopher, owner of Heather Christopher Travel Consulting. I help time-starved couples and families plan seamless vacations. This is the true story of two travel professionals with over 20 years of experience that agreed to start a podcast. Find out what happens when we air the behind the scenes. This is Travel Pro Theory. Hey, I'm Kate. And this is Heather. <laughs> and this is Travel Pro Theory. Uh, this episode, we're going to be talking all about suppliers. And it's kind of a broad topic. So we're, we're going to start off by just going over the question we probably get the most and what has the most variety of answers, which is how do you define um, really kind of the two main buckets of a supplier, which is a tour operator and a DMC. Um, <laughs> there's a variety, I guess. In my, the way I uh, would define them as a tour operators are US based, they price in US dollars, they typically will price um, gross, uh, commissionable for you travel advisors. Uh, and then they they either work directly with their hotels and guides um, or some background DMCs um, or a combination of of the two. And then uh, DMC, I think of those as based in the ground. They're going to base uh, or on the ground, I should say, not in the ground. In the- <laughs> not, they haven't been buried yet. <laughs> I just—I like heard you say it, and I was like, "I mean, okay." Set, set them to an early grave. Um, so DMCs are on the ground and uh, priced local currency and uh, typically net rates. And a lot of them—it uh, depends on what their contracts are. Some of them have allocation, some don't, etc., uh, etc. Et we did ask this question at Workcation last week last week the week before and um the general consensus there was that dmcs um do more immersive experiences um which i don't know if i agree or disagree with i think that's the you're not wrong or right and then of course there's hybrids i would put myself in that category as a hybrid because i'm us based i base in all right price in usd but i have direct rate contracts uh, primarily and I would say I do have immersive experiences. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. Well, and we've, I think I, we feel like we've beat this topic to death behind the scenes, yeah. I guess, uh, because there is no correct definition. We're not here to, to be the determining factor in it, even though we'd like that. Um, but I always found the difference between a TO and DMC less about where they were located and more about what type of detail they provided in the in the quote stage because that's really you were probably one of my very first experiences with like that more hybrid model yeah when we met five years ago and i remember that first itinerary sent me and we were like whoa and I feel like I've said that a hundred <laughs> times, but it's very true. And it was so detailed. It took so much of the guesswork out of it for us. And now I work with a lot more that are like that are almost, I'm trying so hard to make that solely where all my business is going uh, because it's just makes more sense. So that's what I kind of define a DMC. Like you, you are a hybrid because 
I think most people think TO, you're right. Not not in destination, able to charge US dollars, etc. You have a very, very easy payment process, unlike a lot of DMCs. <laughs> um, but you have that detailed itinerary, which your big box tour operators do not have. And their res agents don't necessarily know. They have, a, you know, much larger res companies or how do I say it? Res teams. Yeah. And they don't have, they might have some knowledge or just knowledge based on experience, not unlike us in that sense. Like I think of the girls I work with at Europe Express for eight plus years. They've all been there at least yeah. five plus years. So they have experience in some way, but they're not traveling. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, okay. I think this actually, that's kind of an interesting way to look at it. I would say most of your small boutique operators, uh, we we are the, we are a hybrid. We're a hybrid model. Because um, whoever you're working with is generally like, you know, you're smaller, so it's generally a small team. They're going to know the destination. And I mean, I know for me, even though I'm not based on the ground, my partners are on the ground. So it's kind of like an extension. Um, so I had to say, and I, well, and I obviously am, I'm privy to the fact that I know you're literally talking to Ireland 50 times a day. So, whereas I don't actually think like the big tour operators and this isn't really me, like this is just fact stating. So take it for what it is. Somebody like Europe Express, when they like they might be sending an email overseas or they might be also sending it to another res center, essentially. Like mm-hmm. if they're booking a a Louvre, a guided Louvre tour, okay? Like not private, it's like some generic ticket they could basically buy, you know, on Viator also um, or wherever. Like, okay, maybe that office is in London. Maybe that office is in Paris. Maybe it's, a, you know, wherever that res center location is, but they're, they're, there's like a multi-step or um, so yeah. they're not necessarily commuting, communicating or they ha- their hierarchy means that they, the res agent can't communicate directly with the hotel to get something. They have to go through like whoever in their department, it has to be in charge of hotel communications. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I Europe Express s- has an air department. Yeah, so then oh, they have yeah. like, they have yeah. a documents department. They have, so if th- it's not necessarily in their wheelhouse, the person you're dealing with to go and then direct, like when I work with you, I know you are dealing directly with the people on the ground. Whereas there, yes. I might have to wait in even two more days till the answer gets from one one part of the, you know, from the fourth floor to the first floor, essentially. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that makes sense. I think a lot of it probably depends on their system. I mean, I say this with zero knowledge, so take it with a grain of salt. I don't know what they're using. Um, but I think once you get to that size, you're either, I mean, because obviously Europe Express, they would be working with a ton of countries. It's very difficult to maintain that many contracts yourself. So they either have a key DMC partner in every destination that they go to with the request to put it together and then they um, bring it back. Or um, if they are working directly, um, I'm sure that they're a system allows for things either being on allocation or maybe they put it all together without checking anything and it's just on request, you know? Um, and well, that's then true, they, yeah. They see I mean, what's that's available when them. it books. Yeah. Right, that's um, most of them. They only sometimes check. Um, and by most of them, I mean most of the, the big companies. What's interesting too, and someone can just, like, please inform me if I'm if I'm not 
you know, saying this correctly, or if I, if something has changed, like Europe Express in particular, and I'm really not picking on them, but they, they're on my mind today. Um, <laughs> and it's also where I used to give, gosh, oh, 95% of my, all my Europe business went there for years uh, when I worked for a storefront. But they are owned by a, a European-based company, and that's where they get their room blocks. To I think it's okay. TUI, TUI okay. something, yeah. something in that regard. Um, okay. That's actually – so they're owned by a company. Like, Europe Express is their advisor. F- I think they are consumer-facing also. Oh, I'm going to say that and somebody's going to eat me alive because I'm going to be wrong. Just holler. I'll come on here and make a public <laughs> statement. Um <laughs> But anyways, that's their, like, U.S. branch. Of, okay. So kind of like at Classic Vacations, they're owned by Expedia. So Classic is their advisor-facing advisor. brand. Um, yeah. So I f- – and I don't know – like, I couldn't tell you the situation. I know a lot of you always talk about Avanti. I haven't used Avanti in years. I can't stand their process or working with them. Although, God bless sweet Lee, who I think works their South America desk. She's been there forever. She was such a sweetheart. Remember working with her plenty of times. Um, <laughs> I I don't like, but I feel like that's pretty common in the tour operator world where they're owned by a larger backing. Yeah, what once you get to that size, um, because it would make sense. I mean, you have to run enough numbers. Also, you have to like to maintain an allocation. It's even harder than just getting a contract, obviously, where it's it's based on, which is what I do. It's based on, you know what I mean? Like if a hotel sold out, it's sold out. Uh, whereas allocation, you have, actually, that's not true. I have it a few places where I free sell up until a certain date ahead of time or what have you. But with allocation, it's like you're saving a set number of rooms until a set mm-hmm. period of time ahead of time, then and then the release to be sold. Um, so if you know, if it's a large operation, if they're working off allocation in, in any way, and I'm, I don't, I honestly don't know if they are, if they aren't. But either way, you're maintaining enough volume, and you have so much overhead because you do have these res teams. Um, and so forth and so on. And obviously, they have a much bigger marketing budget. Um, so they're, they're spending a lot more as well. In it's important that they, they keep up the numbers. So I, I think it makes sense that they kind of have a lot of mergers and conglomerates in that way just to partner up um, and cross and do a lot of crossover. Um, but, you know, it's sort of a w- what problem is causing what I, I don't think that's necessarily problematic. But it does also you've heard us talk about this on the podcast before where, um, and this is true, for these big companies, especially that are doing um, that have both consumer and advisor facing brands, because um, either one, you're putting out quotes and it depends on how much what's the close rate is going to impact that because you're paying all these employees who are just like doing the work um and if it doesn't close it doesn't close you don't make money it's a it's a lot um there's a lot to it i don't think that they're i mean i'm sure the people at the top are taking home a nice chunk but i think on the way down it's not really that maybe as lucrative as you might imagine it to be um yeah like take i mean we think about that phone call that you heard had to hear this morning with Silver Sea. So what? The cruises go for 10k plus easily, and the guy, yeah. the blessed man I spoke to today, clearly didn't want to be there. And I'm like, all you're doing is inputting information. Oh, I actually have a funny one. I didn't get to tell you this morning. 
Um, it, this was such a, a, a reminder for me of what I'm really personally working away from in my business because both interactions I had with two larger companies today were not, I'm, I'm not going to go as far to be like, oh, they were negative. They just weren't, it, it was so starkly different than what I do with all my, with you and with all my smart, par- small partners that it reminds me every time I walk through it that I'm like, I don't want this. This is not good energy in my life but i have i had this sweet guy at cie tours this morning i'm literally i thought of you and i can't believe i didn't even tell you yet because it was so funny so we started off his his irish accent was real strong yeah he comes back like he put me on hold and i was like am i talking to the same man i'm so confused right now like literally lost the entire accent in the time it took him to hold the tour i needed and when he came back he like had a Jersey accent. I was like, am I talking to the same person? So I re- like I reviewed his name again. I was like, and this is, and I mean, by all means, he could have been lying, right? Maybe that guy had yeah. to go to the bathroom. So right, whatever. Right. Like fair, fair John. It's fine. But I was like, did he just lose his accent? Did they purposely yeah. make him learn an accent and now he lost it? I'm so confused. Oh my gosh. Oh my god, that's hilarious! I know it was even, funny. I was like, "Can I call him out on this?" No. <laughs> that reminds me of that first place I worked—the like really awful, scammy reservations oh, yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. I was in their call center for the first like month, month and a half. I was there, and it was—I mean, just picture a call center. It's exactly what you're f- feeling. Um, whatever you're picturing, it's correct. It was not great, and. People would call and they was, they sold tickets like everywhere, um, like all over the US to all sorts of random activities or whatever. And they were like, in our training, they were like, well, we don't want you to lie, but, and what they would have to do, so I would say someone was calling for like something in New York. If they were like, what's the weather in New York? I was supposed to Google it and tell them as, as if I were there without... So they were like, we don't want you to lie, but we're going to need you to lie about... <laughs> I mean, this was basically the vibe of it. Yeah. That's a, that's <laughs> like when people would have fake names. Like Disney, I don't know if they still do this. Um, I should have... We should just ask Didn't them Didn't do that? They always had the craziest names. Uh, like maybe. But they'd have like... Or yeah. Blue. Precious. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I should have, Precious yeah. is a real name, isn't it? Um, but yeah, that's... <laughs> That makes me laugh. I guess, you know, for me, it's almost like when I look at the core of that, I'm like, do I want to work with a company that I'm not sure if... Who you're talking to or where they are? Like, right. Because at the end, that honestly does not necessarily matter to me, depending on what I'm trying to get done. I just need you to know your job. Like my dear man at Silver Sea today, like all I need you to do is listen to what I'm saying, type it into the computer, send me an email. That is it. The yeah. only thing I need you to accomplish in this moment, <laughs> and you, and you don't want to, you don't want to call your colleague in the other department to get him to give us that right. cabin, like yeah, uh, uh, okay, you know what? So good, good, okay, good, <laughs> good. great, good, great. This great. Is cool. I'm fine. I can't We're wait. Fine. Cool. <laughs> I so I had to make another phone call back, and you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, this really is like a that's three or four phone calls for one. Yeah, like when one one department doesn't know what the other's doing. I mean, I guess I really think actually we've kind of stumbled onto the best way of defining it. I would say like kind of the big box operators, they are what the definition is of a tour operator in most cases. 
And then your smaller boutique operators are hybrids between operator and DMC. I like that. And then DMCs are DMCs. Yeah. And they kind of hold tight to that. They're like much more, less flexible on payment. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Good job, Katie. I think think the payment is like the real key differentiator. Yeah. Well, to me it is because God knows. Only gone through hell and back this year. Um, (laughs) One of the really hot topics within this supplier conversation, of course, that we get both. We don't have a ton of suppliers following us on TPT. We would love more. Oh, my gosh. We would love it. Uh, Especially those small, small guys. um, Just because they kind of fits fits our own philosophies, uh, of course. Not that we're opposed to the big guys, but we just, I think they also have to accept the higher, we realize there's a hierarchy and they have to know that there's a hierarchy and change happens slowly. Uh, But anyways, one of the big topics we get both from you guys or from the advisor side and the supplier side though is let's talk about the whole weight. I don't know if that's a good way to say it, so just hop in and say it a different way, of the preferred supplier relationship within a consortia. And I think yes. when we kind of prepped this uh, episode, we believe this will stem into a lot of other little topics that we have written down here. Yeah. This might be a two-part listen, friends, because it might yeah. get a little long. Yeah. But it might get a little long. Ugh, kind of. even begin? Well, let's start with this and just, you know, if it, you don't want to start there, that's fine. Holler. <laughs> One of the first things that comes up in conversation on both ends is... Somebody will say to a supplier, and I've heard it personally, or a hotel, well, what consortia are you with? It is the number one question they ask. Mm -hmm. But nobody, I would say in the hotel realm, this makes a little bit more sense potentially. But with the supplier realm, especially with these smaller suppliers, no advisor can then state a benefit as to why that's important to them or what that benefit would be. And if we have learned anything in 2019, I hope it's that your supplier being a preferred in your consortium means shit in terms of mm-hmm. financial backing, stability, security. Yeah. It means nothing. If you haven't figured that out from everything that happened this year with all the companies, then that's on yeah. you. And yeah. on that same breath, like the what yeah, what what it like why does that mean so much to so many advisors? Is it just because it's been like push down our throats so hard because of the marketing money being exchanged between the consortia and the preferred supplier that that's all they're hearing. So they assume that's all they're allowed. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's a big part of it. I think it's just like name recognition and it's sort of a a self-fulfilling prophecy, I guess, like where it's like you, you need to be a virtuoso and then every new person feels they need to be a virtuoso. And this isn't, I mean, this isn't to bash on consortias. I think if it fits your business, 100%, that's what you should be. And if it is a benefit to you and your clients, I we've just seen it so many times where maybe someone who is like just starting out in the industry or or even not even like, you know, so there's vets out there that they they want to join Virtuoso. But if your clientele isn't booking primarily Virtuoso product, which is generally five star hotels, um, then there then there's no I to me personally, I'm like, what are you getting out of it? Do you know what I mean? Like the what's the purpose of that if you can't leverage on that relationship, which by the way, you can also (laughs) 
depending on who you're working with, as long as you work with someone who has a relationship, that will always trump a consortia. Um, I'll just mm-hmm. put it out there that way. Preach, sister. Um, yeah, like you, there's no amenity that can't be sorted if need be. So that said, you if you, I just because I see it all the time where I'll, it, I see it in my business, and so we'll use Ireland as the example because that's where how so every five star in Ireland. Well, I shouldn't say every. Most five stars in Ireland, most of your luxury hotels, are a member of Virtuoso or Signature or both. Some of them are in both. Um, and again, that probably does make sense from a hotel perspective. They get that marketing out there. They get name recognition. I think that it's less needed as, than compared to. 10 years ago, I think they needed that more. I think they don't mm-hmm. need that as much now, but now that's just Thanks sort of the, the, the WWW. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just more than the norm now. Um, so I, th- yeah, to me in the past, those, those relationships really made sense because people ne- weren't necessarily hearing about, um, you know, I mean, they were probably hearing about the castles, but like, would, would they be hearing about Sheen Falls if they weren't part of Virtuoso? I don't know. You know what I mean? Uh, would they get that same kind of name recognition that they get now? So that I understand. But from the advisor standpoint, far too often, and I see this personally, and I, we saw, I saw this in my old job too. The operator I used to work for is now a part of Virtuoso. Um, and so they worked with a ton of virtuoso advisors like the entire time that I was there. And I can tell you that most of the time, the trips the virtuoso advisors were booking were exactly the same as the ones outside of virtuoso, which is to say they were not working, like, they were not doing all virtuoso properties. Um, it right. looked like most of the trips I booked today where it's like primarily four star with a, with a five star or two, uh, because people didn't necessarily have the budget for it the whole way through, or they just didn't want that experience the whole way through. You know what I mean? Like most clients aren't, even if they are luxury, they aren't necessarily going for, castle luxury the entire time they want a mix of experiences um to me that is the real luxury but the i digress that's a conversation for a different day (laughs) um yeah i i genuinely don't see the benefit of it if it isn't your if it doesn't fit your client base i don't see the benefit truthfully i I don't well you and i both also sit in the camp we talked about this at workation a little bit um of we see so many advisors, specifically, I have to say, in the virtuoso community that are constantly, quote unquote, selling or advertising on amenity on Instagram or whatever. And I honestly feel like that's that's also selling on price, essentially. Mm-hmm. Same I thing. don't, I just think the principle of it is the exact same. And I don't want, and so I remember someone sitting beside me at workation was like, I've literally never had anybody say anything ever. And I'm valid. I, and I'm going to also say there's advisors out there who do get asked about it specifically. Um, I think I've had one circumstance in 13 years and it was more recent where somebody asked me about amenities for a four season. So I, uh, had a nice colleague who was willing to book that room for me since I don't have a Four Seasons partnership. But one in 13 years does not make like, and honestly, I think I made a hundred dollars commission. Do you think I give a shit? They got their <laughs> breakfast. Well, um, that's the, they got their breakfast. Like um, I couldn't, I, I can't. Ju- okay. From that perspective, let me clarify in case there is a client listening too. 
Um, <laughs> it wasn't that I didn't care about the client. I was like, oh shit, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. But my point <laughs> is a $100 commission would not pay for my Virtuoso membership or my signature right. membership. So yeah. I would rather, if it was that important to the client and I didn't have the relationship with the colleague who was willing to help me out in that case to make the reservation for me, then it would have been worth it to me to probably just pay for the breakfast. If that was going to mm-hmm. break, make or break the entire thing. Um, you know, and I think we all have to take each circumstance. Is this a one-off hotel stay? Is it a, like part of a larger trip? You know, we have to make those decisions personally, but I I guess my point is financially, I can't justify the cost, you know, what is being charged and then it just doesn't make sense. But to the regard of, as somebody who came, just a little slight reminder, I feel like we say it a hundred times, but at workcation, they kind of clarified that even though we feel like we've said it a lot, you guys still aren't hearing it, which is fair. <laughs> um, K- Katie looked up earlier that we now have an eight second attention span, which is shorter than a fish. Um, <laughs> so, We're nailing it, guys. Yeah, clearly, uh, like humanity is going somewhere. Uh my background is that I spent 10 years at a storefront agency and we were a part of uh, Travel Savers to begin with for first, I think first three years. And then we moved to vacation.com, which is now under the Travel Leaders Group. And then I moved to an agency that was uh, Signature. So those are my experiences, just so you know. I have no personal virtuoso experience. Um, I actually spent Katie's sat there through that conversation probably no less than 10 times in the last couple of years of like, should I be hosting with a virtuoso? Here's, you know, should I not? I am now, um, I have my own IATA and I am a part of Traveler Made, which is a much more curated group of DMCs and hotels. And there's no money exchange between me and them at all. And I actually really, really enjoy that part of it. Um, it's kind of like there's, there's no love lost either way. Uh, the, whole thing that I guess I can come away with and tell you, and I think both Katie and I have this experience, that that preferred supplier relationship in terms of specifically suppliers, not talking about hotels, is is only as good as what you said earlier, Katie, as good as what the relationship is. Because what happens is most of the companies on that list are the big box companies that we have a majority of our problems with. And I recently had ended a relationship with Classic Vacations, one that I had since the start of my career 13 years ago. And, you know, I actually did give it some thought. Had I still been with the agency that was under signature that does have a very good relationship with Classic, could that have changed the outcome? Yeah. Like I've I've Maybe. thought of that a few times. Could have it yeah. could it have changed? Here's where I think it could have done. I think it would have put more weight into the situation, but I think the reality is it wouldn't matter what I said to you about classic until you experience your own faux pas or your own blow up or your own mess up. And then you go through that with your agency host. You are not going to take what I say and believe it or do anything with it. Right. Like I think of the agency owner over there. He's he's very big into classic, which is you know, great. He's a huge supporter of theirs. I believe they've been a huge support of his. So could his weight have helped me in this case? Potentially. But honestly, I don't, I don't think it would have changed anything drastically, the outcome, because the outcome was so financial. It was so financial and classic. I was going to say, I, I think the process could have potentially been different, but the, but the end would have been the same. 
That's yeah. That's I. I mean, I've thought of it no less than a million times since that all occurred at the end of September and early October. And I was like, I just it might have potentially made somebody be nicer to me because if somebody else was copied in, then maybe they would have been yeah. like, oh, I don't want them to see that you know this side of me. But I don't actually, I, I feel like the end result would have still been the same. And I, and at the end of the day, I had 13 years with them, not just him. Yeah. I had, yeah. you know, just as many years Personally, in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. With, with classics. So also, I thought about it from this level. The consortium would have done crap. They do not care that I was, would have been in a situation that I was. They don't give a rat's butt. They just want their marketing money. And while they might, somebody, I should, I should say, somebody in there might care and want that relationship because they know how it affects everything. But at the end of the day, it would have changed anything. No, nothing would have changed. So I think you have to ask yourself what I wrote myself down, or what I wrote myself down, wow, (laughs) was consider all the issues your agency has had with a big box supplier because I know I heard horror stories after I went through what I went through with classic and yet nothing is changing for those people right like they I think we all feel I think it's so common and we hear this a lot in TBT people feel so stuck because of their host they feel like they're not allowed to go outside that the host either doesn't make it easy they don't support it but at the end of the day is it do you really need them to like I guess I'm like, right. ask yourself what's happening, what the issue is, could you resolve it a different way, and what? how did they really help you with it, and why do you need them to help you? Yeah. I Okay. Yeah. Let's let's talk about this from a few ways. Like one, you you touched on it, and I know we've talked about this before. Uh, the consor- for, From the supplier standpoint, to join a consortia is very expensive. It costs a lot. Um I've heard people say like, oh, I'd like to go to so-and-so for this, but it's pricing too high. I mean, that cost has to be accounted for somewhere. Uh, it, it is a certain, it's a certain amount of money per year. It's a certain amount of money per sale. Um, and there, there's obligations involved, right? And, or even to go as a supplier to um, Travel Week for Virtuoso is extraordinarily expensive. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Y'all have heard me say that a thousand times. So it is definitely a lot of marketing money. Um, so again, that's, that's the reason you're going to see these, um, bigger suppliers in consortias. And then from the host level, the preferred list, because there are ones that are on preferred lists that aren't necessarily part of a consortia. There's usually a lot of overlap. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's the same thing for a preferred list. Um, they're either, um, paying somehow or guaranteeing uh, more commission, which is, you know, also paying for it um, in that way. I do always find it interesting when there's hosts, because, you know, this obviously impacts me as a supplier when someone has struggles to work with me or other smaller companies because of their host. I find that kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um trying to think of the best way to say this. Any smaller company would be willing to work with you on that. So don't be afraid to reach out to them as far as that's concerned. Uh, It's not us making you jump through extra hoops. Also, can we just have a little (laughs) reminder? A reminder here, and this isn't, I know know it comes across that Katie and I are, or I think it probably reads as, I shouldn't speak for Katie, but that we're kind of the anti-host, like we're anti-host. It it really isn't that. It's that we, there are, 
We are for a host. We actually think they play a key role in your career. But there are yeah. so many out there that we see such really sad. I mean, it's not that they're illegal. There's no legality here. But yeah, the fact that you'd that, be afraid that the to trade reach off isn't worth it. Yeah, yeah. And then, or you have to jump through hoops to do something. And just like Katie said, they it's. Like you've become, we, the advisor has become so scared because of whatever their host is saying or influencing. And maybe it is in your contract. You can't go outside of this list. You need to be yeah. looking somewhere else. Because are you working for them or are you working for the client that's paying you? Because at the end of the day, just a reminder that you are giving the host money. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's not the other way around. You give them, you put the money in their pocket and they take a cut of it. So if it's not a mutually beneficial relationship and they're not supporting you in the way that you need and maybe you discover, I really like the small suppliers bigger than the big, bigger, then you need to go find a place that, that supports that objective. Yes, that isn't going to work against you. I I mean, agreed. I yeah, worth definitely worth stating. I I definitely pro host. I I think that if you're especially newer to the industry, you should absolutely be yes. working with a host. You need to find someone that is going to have some support and training. I think when it comes to host or um or consortia for that matter, um. I would start by picking the right host. If they're part of consortium, you know, then you can you can weigh that into your decision if that's important to you or not. But I think ultimately you got to choose something that's going to work for you and for your clients. And too often I feel like it's just sort of like a for that's why we keep using virtuoso as an example. Like you talk to people, and it's like a foregone conclusion that like, well, I have to join a virtuoso agency. It's like, no, you don't. I mean, it's fine if you do. But you don't have to actually. But at all. why? They can't articulate of- that. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I guess so it- I, that's. Sorry, go ahead. So many thoughts. No, I, I know, I know. I just think that, um, uh, yeah, ultimately you are paying the host. And whether you realize it's coming out of somebody's pocket or not, Virtuoso or Signature or Ensemble, they're all getting paid. Um, that's it's a co op marketing uh, program, essentially. And while it's good in th- in theory, it's not always the best in practice. And sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But you got to weigh those pros and cons and really think about the type of travel you're going to be booking. Because here's the other thing, too. Let's say you join Virtuoso, but you end up, your clientele is more of what's in Signature's collection. Like, then you're in the wrong place, okay? Or vice versa. And if you're not booking any of their properties or operators that often, if that's like not your typical clientele, you're in the wrong place. That The benefits <laughs> of that are not gonna, you're not getting what you need out of it. Um, but more importantly, so, your clients aren't either. Yeah, your clients aren't either. I hate, I like nothing kills me more just as a business and just in, as for, for our industry in general when someone's like, oh, well, no, I, I'm not like, well, I'll be reprimanded essentially if I book outside of our list. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but what if that's not what the client wants? I mean, so. we've seen that literally <laughs> firsthand because of TPT. I mean, one of the, um, like one of my sweet ICs uh, that was one of the reasons she yeah. came to me and f- like yeah. why we even picked up the conversation because she was like, I'm, I need an FIT for, I can't, I think it was like Switzerland and Italy and I'm being given my only option is Globus, but this is not what the clients want. And she had no option. She had no support. There was yeah. nothing. And I'm like, and, and okay, then what do you do? We're like, on do our you t- shove it down the client's throat well, or not and sh- take it? And sh- 
Because, and she didn't have a knowledge base or know where to go to find the knowledge base to know yeah. how to help the client or do or refer, you know, she had literally, she was stuck. And I think this is where I get on my tirade of like the lack of barrier to entry and how that all hurts us. So if she had gone down that rabbit hole with the client, they of course are going to not trust any travel advisor potentially yes. because they're going to be like, well, they yeah. just shoved me into a box and this was it. Yeah. They didn't when, listen to me. Yeah. When we all know there was plenty of options out there. It's just that you know, if the host has very limited resources in that sense or very limited, you know, and actually, like, I just, it, it, oh, this, it literally kills me in so many ways because I'm like, yeah. this is when I feel like it almost feels really greedy versus mm-hmm. like, like, what else is it? You, you can't tell me. It's marketing, it's pay to play, and then it's all just, yeah. well, how do we keep the money as circulating in here as possible? Instead yeah. of what's the right thing for the client, which I do, I guess what I think of long term is if we are able to advocate for our clients, well, do a good job there. We literally all win. Travel advi- yeah. My travel advisor knows the answer. My travel advisor did this. She did that. Yeah. We literally go forward, all of us as a whole, as an industry. If my if my pocket is being filled that way, so is yours. Yeah. Yeah. So if I like, think so. <laughs> yeah. I why know. is this happening? I don't understand. Um, I don't know. I think. I think some of it is okay. I think it's not just like it's definitely some pay to play, but I don't think that's the only element here when it comes to and I also don't want this to sound like I'm anti big box either. I think I think big box serves a purpose and 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 boutique operators serve a purpose. They're just different clients. These are different clients. You do have to serve serve with I I, can we just like preface all of this and say that there's always going to be exceptions in gray areas to this. Like Right. Take it for what right. it is, you know. Take please. it for what it is. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that there's a lot of um there's just a fear based element to this where people don't understand, especially mm. I would say for the Agreed. boutique operators, like they don't understand how we work, so they're kind of like scared, or they're scared because we're smaller, which I always find hysterical because we were talking about this earlier. If I oh, yeah. Let's talk about did that. some of the stuff that the that these oh big God. names have done to you personally, like I would be shredded. I would be ripped apart so fast, so so fast. Well, I know. I mean, this let's talk about because how you I've were made decisions. Yeah, yeah. I did. Like, so I decided to open up my business to um, work directly with travelers. Was like a year ago now, a little over a year ago, last uh, beginning mm. of summer of eighteen, and. Let's talk about that decision to start with. I was advisor only. I'm still prime. I'm like over 90, 90%, 95% advisor. Um, that is and will always be the core of my business. That's what I prefer. Uh, but opening up directly to travelers was allowing me to book things that I don't typically get the book. And this is the example I always use. One of my guides in Ireland, she's a Celtic pagan witch. She could do very specific touring needs and it's just not the type of thing it's something you read between the lines i'm not going to hear it from an advisor most of the time i'm gonna that's something you pick up from a traveler that i get to tell them so it's allowing me to book a lot of my smaller partners that i don't necessarily always get to book with um the advisor clientele because they're a little bit different um i can tell you too like my the traveler typical traveler that works with me they're one of two things they're either someone who they're not big budget they tend to be very moderate budget, so they wouldn't even actually meet the standards for a lot of uh, advisors. But they know what they they want a very curated 
experience and they're going to work with a destination specialist for wherever they're going. I just happen mm-hmm. to be the person for Ireland. Okay. My second type of client is one that an advisor will send me directly because they don't want to take it on and they know that I'll take care of them for Ireland or Scotland. And then they can go right back to them for all the rest of their travel needs and it won't be any like weird weirdness there um, as far as like a referral. So that that's, let's just cover that off the bat. But anyway, I made the decision to do it. And what was so fascinating about this, so I announced it and I got ripped apart in all of the private Facebook forums um, that in places where I'm not allowed. So I could Also, I wasn't see. the only one like showing her that, so... I was yeah, like, all she, of, yeah, I was like, it wasn't just Heather showing Oh, that. yeah, no, I got... Because other got, people I were was, like, ah! Yeah, I was getting blown up with messages. The fascinating part is the people shredding me apart were n- people who had never talked to me, never reached out to me, were not clients. The people sending me all the screenshots were all of my current clients uh, who were all okay, okay with that decision because they know me. Um, so, yeah, it was really, really interesting because, like, to me, I was like, seriously every every, like that's the norm is to do both actually and what you guys don't hear is the background that i do hear at conferences at how many of these companies actually don't prefer advisor um business but that's a story for another day um and so yeah i got like ripped did you got crucified and it really made no sense at all it made it just made no like i can't now my brain's like what and why why yeah, um, I actually, I, I truly don't even know what the issue with it was because, like, again, it was that people I was working something with. Something like, to pick on. Yeah, like, I'm not taking your business. If a traveler well, comes to me directly, when, one, they have to pay a fee, and I ask them if they're working with an advisor. So it's like, come Okay, on but it goes to the, it kind of goes to what we've, like, all of it is so interconnected in my head because yeah, the big box companies we were mentioning earlier, amongst others, all have a consumer-facing brand, or I yeah. should say, a majority yes. of them do. So, what it with a much larger marketing budget than you mm-hmm. that are out there truly trying to get your client. I mean, how many times have you guys complained about the fact that a cruise line or a hotel or yeah, they all are going to email your example. They're going to email. They're going to directly contact your client. I've never yeah. t- like directly contacted a client unless so, like, it's literally like they're on the ground and there's an issue and I need to reach out to them. But no, yeah, and I'm it's, grateful it for that. Please, I just so it it's so. But it goes to the same. There was something that was said earlier this year um, by a a travel professional group. We'll call it. Um, that basically, it was after one of the first companies went under. So this was like mm. first quarter, I think. It was he, like a year like, ago. Yeah, yeah, like this, yeah, Q1 of this year. And basically, they were touting against, you know, the small small suppliers. And somebody else, there's a girl who follows us on, or I say it's, yeah, it is a girl. I was like, wait, is she a girl? Yes, clearly. I didn't <laughs> want to generalize. And I'm like, yes. Um, uh, that owns a small tour operator also that has been you know also says kind of very similar things to what we say where it's like you're the first to get thrown under yeah what blows mm-hmm. my mind i can't even we're just talking about this morning because i'm living in the thick of it i had uh clients arrive into madrid their driver didn't pick them up um i'm working with madrid and beyond who's been fantastic and i emailed it over to the you know t- to my contact there and i was like hey the driver didn't pick them up 
helped. She wrote me back within a few hours and was like, immediately apologized, immediately dug in, found out what the issue was, uh, was like, I will call them when they're with the guide tonight on their tour, and then I'll send a bottle of wine. That's the same. Katie and I have had literally more multiple circumstances like that where I always know I can just I can go and get the answer immediately Katie is going to be on it all the small companies because it's just like us it's just like your business if somebody Mm -hmm. does something or something occurs you want to fix it you want to fix it immediately and at the core of this Katie and I said a couple of times we're you know prepping for this was at the end of the day you know you want to treat your supplier how you want to be the way you want to be treated by your client. And on the flip of that, you want to be treated by your supplier just how you want your client to be treated on the ground. It it all yes. connects. And I have a circumstance right now with Europe Express and I'm like, it is what it is, you guys. It's just not <laughs> shocking. It's funny. I'm like laughing about it because basically a client who I've actually booked twice with them in six months Sent the name over properly, of course. The name got jumbled around. Okay, fine. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. And I sent an email over this morning trying to figure out how to fix one one other little thing within it because we had another uh, flight on like a viewing. And they come back and they're like, we didn't book it, which I was like, weird. That's why are all these emails like this? Which fine. That was my fault. I needed to look at Travify. But good news. So I like write back and I was like, well, good news because I issued the name correctly then. Like I didn't mess this up. But there was no uh, apology. There was no, we're sorry we didn't read that email, you know, properly. There was there was no assistance. And no. and they didn't care. And I, you know, at the end of the day, that poor res agent, I, I get it. You don't want to be bothered on 23rd of December. I, I get it. <laughs> but... It didn't happen like when I've dealt with Katie and there's been a problem or Mariana at Madrid yeah. Beyond who was on it on Saturday and she said she has like four working days in between now and the new year because y'all know the Europeans take their holidays way more seriously oh, than yeah, we do. do. Um, yeah, they do. So I just... It's true I, though. <sighs> like what well, is the benefit in what would your yeah. consortia do? Kind of tying it back around to that. Like what what does that preferred supplier relationship actually mean? I, I'm yeah, very confused. Yeah, what are you getting out of it? Um, yeah, yeah. I I Besides. genuinely don't under, understand it. Um, it's so funny. We were talking about this before we hit record. Like back when I started, I was so self conscious about being a small operator, like the size of my business, and would people trust me, and blah 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 blah. And it's like kind of at what time and with with confidence as all things, I guess. Like you, I've really to me being a smaller operator is an asset, and I that's how I will always look at it like it's easy for me to to shuffle on my feet. It's easy for me to do things mm-hmm. that I to plan a trip that does that is it doesn't look like any trip I've planned before. Um, because ultimately, at the end of the day, I am the business. So I'm making the decisions over here. Mm. Um, and I think too, it doesn't I've never been like, I always find it fascinating kind of the from the advisor perspective, if there's any fear with working with a smaller operator versus a big box because at the end of the day we're all working with someone really small i.e that driver may be just a single driver with the car that guide that experience we're all working like i work with so many one-man bands all over ireland and scotland and i love it i wouldn't change it for the world um but and that's that, what it makes is you kind of fascinating so special because uh, you know the people and know the people. Or I know, like in my case, I know the people that know the people. I know Katie yeah. who knows the person. And that's yeah. what sets apart 
advisors and how we've all, how we've managed to stay alive and keep people impressed and coming back to us because they didn't have to think they didn't have to Google and trust the random internet you know suggestion. Um, they're getting a vetted you know a person who literally plans vacations to one destination or two destinations yeah. every single yeah. freaking day. Unlike, um, I mean, I know, yeah. I guess I shouldn't sound so down on these big boxes. I just, my experience this year has been rough with every single one of them almost. Well, uh, yeah. Well, and I also think, but but you, the your type of client too just doesn't lend itself to a big box anymore. It's you know what I mean? It's changed and I, evolved. That's true. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. I, I used think there's specific that, clients. Uh, oh, you're right. That do, you're, what was? Well, what was, because you're right. Because um, a, a small box or a small, oh God whatever a small box we'll just call it that because i'm a small box too um you're right they don't necessarily they don't have they're not going to take the lower budget that the big box yeah makes sense for do. where i have to just go and get yes. what i need yes yeah um yeah i think that makes true. sense when it makes sense and if you have I think I'm just always business i mean obviously then you're working with but you know what i mean cruise it's a cruise company that's true you gotta, which god bless it that's what you're that's your supplier <laughs> Um, well, and I I don't know if this ties in or not, but it made me think of something, too, we talked about where it makes me so sad to see advisors be scared to ask questions to, like, yes. people like you or any of the smaller companies. Like, they'll just be like, I know this is a silly question or, um, like, just not afraid to have an open and honest conversation in a very professional kind way comparing to, yeah. like, to like thinking about the amount of phone calls actually I wrote this down because I remember this way more in my when I worked for a storefront and I was always calling big companies I'd have to call three yeah. times to get an answer and then decide which answer I thought was accurate which yeah why are they gonna stick which one's gonna be real like when <laughs> I was never accurate it'd be like one person would tell me one right. thing one would tell me this and then that person would tell me that and I'm like Cool. Okay. I will assimilate. I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah. And decide yeah. which is accurate. Whereas I know when I can come to you, I'm like, hey, Katie, what is this answer? And yeah. you're going to tell me. And then I, I feel confident. Good. Also, I now have this in writing. You and I, you're going to be good on it, if even if it's inaccurate in whatever way. Yeah. And we're going to move forward on, on it together. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I, I mean, that's another. Trust those. <laughs> that's another them. thing. It's like when a big 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 name company when I hear that they like oh we misquoted and too bad so sad it's like if I miss a quote in writing and they come back to book the next day like it's out of I've done that it's that's ditto that you you got the deal of a century man cool (laughs) like (laughs) it is what it is um yeah I I always find that kind of interesting I well because why do the big boxes not have to play they have so much more money to play with that way and they don't they yeah they will do anything to mitigate that loss yes absolutely but again because they they are they do they're dealing with a lot more overhead um so they don't care that's a stupid excuse i'm over it 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 is but (laughs) yeah i don't have a good justification for (laughs) that was trying to like play devil's that was really sweet i was trying i don't want to hear it (laughs) (laughs) you can't can't tell me i'm still angry um yeah it it's just what it, yeah it's it's just how I, I i think we need to change the perception and again i don't want to be like anti big box i think they serve the purpose they serve the same way ev- on otas serve the purpose they serve and airbnb serves the purpose that it serves um but like everyone has their little corner of the industry but i will say i 
I, w- I would love to see the perception change where we don't expect our small operators to to work like a big box or where there isn't like this default trust Ooh. giving to a big big box versus a smaller operator when it's like, you know, uh, I mean, the amount of advisors I've talked to that like they are comfortable booking an Airbnb, but they're unsure how to work with a small FIT operator. I'm like, yikes, <laughs> that's not, <laughs> that's a recipe for our disaster. Um, yeah, I think that's I a really, know, that's what I, would I like think to that was change. a really productive thing to, to really say. And, um, Katie, I meant, to, we meant to talk about this in the meeting, then we just dove in and forgot. If you're not aware, Katie does have a supplier cheat sheet. I think somebody asked us this when we were asking questions, uh, last week, but she does have a supply. What you just put in your email address? Yeah, website, it's our freebie. You get it. Um, uh, is it our freebie oh, yeah. or is it your freebie? Yeah, both. Um, it's oh. on TPT too. It's the same one okay. with TPT branding. Um, it's honestly very straightforward. So, um, but you would be surprised. I let me say it this way: I created this because these are all the things that I want and never get. And you will be surprised at the very basic things that you find on that list. Um, that's <laughs> really that's really that's the that. Truth. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I would say, like, ultimately, um, it's kind of hard because it sort of depends on, like, what your supplier wants from you depends on if it's a cruise line, if it's a big box, or if it's an FIT operator. Um, I would say for FIT, if you're, it, it depends on what you're going for for your client. If you want a trip that's personalized, you're going to have to give us some personal details. If you want um, something that is you know, unique and out of the box to them, you've got to give us some, some something to work with. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I've nobody's got a mind many, reader. Nobody's a mind reader. And, and I personally, I don't work well when it's super open. I like the constraints. I find that very, like, satisfying to weave in a bunch of, like the, you know, different interests or whatever, versus when someone's like, just give me the highlights of Ireland. It's like highlight. Highlights to who? <laughs> My highlight isn't your highlight. Ah. <laughs> it's like I panic too much. We had talked about this the other day. Like sometimes I feel like I've been doing it too long. It's like I know too. I like I know too much about it. So I'm like, there's so many options going on, and my wheels will turn far too long without um, some details. I would. I'd, I think. Um, I think. One thing that would help everyone, uh, regardless of what kind of trip it is, if it's a cruise or big box or, um, or small FIT, whatever, um, is to just get to your clients. Prior- if you can articulate your clients' priorities, whether that is budget, whether that is their time frame, whether that's the type of hotel or the experience they want or this thing they have to see, whatever the priority is, because that's going to be the anchor and then you build out around that. And I actually think that's a really good question to ask a client. I might start asking mm-hmm. that. I don't ask. I only ask that when I feel like I uh, like I'm not getting what I need, but I actually think that's a great way to start out. Tell me like once you've, you've assimilated some information during the conversation and then you're like, so if especially if they're giving you a list of 10 to 15 yes. things or the husband and wife or whoever it is, the partners are like both adding a 100 things in and you're like, "Okay, so what are the priorities?" This is what I'm hearing. Is, is that accurate? And then you can stem from there. It also helps you reference back. If you're having yeah. trouble closing something or, 
you feel like you're doing 100 edits, you're like, wait a second, these are what we had determined are the priorities. Has that changed? That's fine. But like, it helps them refocus too. Because at the end of the day, your job, you're advising. So advise, do your consult and advise. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's going to up your close rate. I can tell a big difference between um, something where I get enough detail versus something that's vague. It's far more likely to close because they're going to understand that they were heard. And those are the Mm -hmm. things I'm going to know to focus on. So like when I send an itinerary, I typically send over some notes about my choices if we have it discussed already. And that's where I would be like, I know that they said that they, you know, really wanted some activity. So I put in something here, here, and here. But I didn't, I, you, you said you didn't want it to be overplanned. We could add this, 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 whatever. Like that's when you're going to get notes that actually help with context. And then you can pass that on to the client and they're going to, I mean, it's going to make you look good at the end of the day. Like you're going to look like you know what you're talking about and trusted and that you heard them. That's ultimately what every, every client wants, right? They want to be heard. Um, Amen. I feel, I feel taken care of. Um, and so that's, yeah. I mean, asking good questions also makes you, like, even if you have to go back and ask them, it also yeah. makes people feel even more invested in you and you chances of them coming back are even higher because they're going to be like, well, it's just so easy. We just, she just asked us questions and we, I mean, telling somebody yeah. what they want, unless they struggle to articulate that, which I've had a couple of those too, which they like don't know yeah. what they want. And sometimes that's, those are, the hardest ones to deal with, but you do show your value there when you're able to ask other questions and really help articulate their priorities, yeah. even if they, if you feel like they can't, um, yeah. you just, it's a win all around. Uh, yeah, you, you definitely don't hesitate to go back and ask questions if needed. I do it all the time. I'll come back and be like, this is what, it, I mean, Heather's been on the receiving end of this play of times. It's like, uh, so I had this idea. This is what I'm thinking. Like, just like gut check me. Are you? Do you like this, or is this an immediate like stop? Stop going in this direction. <laughs> um, and people are generally like really responsive to that. It'll either be like no, or like yeah, oh, I really like that. Um, and and then you know that gives you some traction. And you built excitement to there too. Like ooh, mm-hmm. the anticipation. Woo! Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's and we all know that the all the studies that talk about that. And this is going on a totally different topic, but about just the anticipation of travel sometimes is like one of the higher points of it. So, you know, you're just, you're helping yourself all around. Um, I was trying to read our questions. Sorry. No, that's good. Yeah. What else do we have? um, That I was, how can I make my request easy and efficient for my suppliers? Would have included, well, yeah, like we referenced hop on to North and leisure or travel pro theory and you can download Mm -hmm. That, but otherwise, I think honesty is the key policy here. Um, we, yeah. both of us feel very strongly that the approach is half the battle here. Yeah. And, and both sides, yeah. on both sides, yeah. if I'm approached improperly, if you're, I think that's per, like anybody, you want to be approached like a human. So again, going back to the key point of treat your supplier partner the way you want to be treated by a client. Keep that in the forefront of your mind. If you write an email and you're like, how would I feel if I received this? There's your yeah. there's your gut check to rewrite it. So let's say you need Katie to work on a trip for you. And you're like, man, I am just under that. I'm going to use budget as an example, Katie. Um, yeah. I'm just under her minimum budget. Approach her. Say, Katie, here's the deal. 
Here's why I want to help these people. Here's the information I have for you. They really want this, this, and this. I would love to work with you on this. I think we could, you know, I don't, don't schmooze her too much. Yeah. Nobody wants to be <laughs> that brown. Yeah. But, you know, just, just approach it like how you'd want the client to come to you. Hey, yeah. so-and-so, I'd really would appreciate some help with this here. Just, gosh, if you can get in that, in that frame of mind to write that way, it's just that most, I mean, even emails from suppliers on my end or clients, like I'll be, I, I'm just like the approach was not here. And I right. am instantly put on either like off uh, defense, defense. Yeah, that's where. Oh, I'm, yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm yeah, either put on defense, defense right away. Or yeah. I'm put on, I'm so turned off. That's not yeah. the right word, but you know what I'm trying to get at yeah. here. Yeah. Like, I'm like, ugh, this feels, don't, don't come at me. What's, isn't that the, like, the cool saying now? Don't at me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's how I feel. I mean, it is, it really is all in the ask. It's so interesting. Get, and I feel like we were, we were just talking about this before we hit record too, where, you know, I'm on here all the time and on TPT all the time being like, you know, I don't like this or I don't like that because I'm trying to just be open and honest about it. But I'm actually not very narrow in those terms, to be honest. I'm super, super flexible. If someone uh, comes to me and is just like nice and honest, then it like the rules. I don't believe in rules. Rules are guidelines at best. So if <laughs> pretty much if there's something you think we could work on together, you reach out and I think you should treat every supplier like that. And um, I think too, when you are very honest about what the situation is, even if you think it would put them off in some way, like we were talking about this at Workation where it was, um, you know, what do you do when a client's like, okay, I can't decide between Scotland or Croatia or whatever. It's two different destinations. It's like, just say so. I've done that all the time. Like people tell me that all the time. Uh, I uh, just just did one like that. I can't remember what the other, they ended up choosing Ireland, but I don't remember what they were choosing between. Um, but just, just say so, because the way I'm going to approach that is maybe different than if they were already set on the destination, because I know in my planning that this isn't the final itinerary. We're probably going to refine. And what we're doing now is how how can I show them this destination so they can make a decision if they want to go or not? And that's going to be a better result for you as an advisor um, than if you had just come as if Ireland was their only choice. So I, I get it why people may be a little bit like scared to be like, oh, they're looking at other things or whatever. So I'm here to encourage you like, don't, don't be. Um, and just always be open and honest about it. And especially also you're giving people the choice. Like if someone comes to me and they're like, listen, uh, I'm looking at this or I'm looking at this. If I know that it's like not my wheelhouse, I would rather just save us both that time and tell you honestly, and it doesn't mean we can't work together on the next one, you know? Um, I don't know. It's just not so black and white. I feel like just come, come forward with all of your details and then go from there. And I also, I think this is information either way, because here's the thing. Not every supplier is going to be also like super upfront. Like you may give, spend time and I know it sucks to give them a lot of detail. And then they're going to come back with an itinerary that's like, and you're like, this is not what I sent you. This is not what I said. This is not anything. Um, But that's good information to have. I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm against like shopping out your suppliers, but if you're working with a supplier that's not working for you, I'm also team find a new supplier. I've said that a thousand times. I think you got to find what's going to work best for you and your clients. So yeah, if if 
I, that's good information to have either way. Um, I think Ooh, it's you said something. Like, did they listen to you or not? <laughs> well, you said this at workation, and I think it's worth noting. I don't think a lot of people have the perspective of um, you said about how if they if a supplier comes back. This is obviously this is not a blanket statement, and it's over budget. It was clear they didn't listen, but they said yes initially to helping you. This might just be their way of of getting you out. Yeah, that's they just don't want way it. of saying no. And the the back end of that is <sighs> okay. They might not be this allowed could, to say no. Let's they might be allowed to say no. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's an employee I find model. this a lot in. European DMCs where I'm like, yeah. you did not listen to, you didn't read a word I said. Um, yeah. And that's, I'm again, a general statement there. But, and then they come back and you're like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> but yeah. um, when you said that, Katie, it just, it rang so true. I'm like, well, yeah. Like, it, because yeah. maybe they're not allowed to say no for whatever godforsaken reason. Yeah, you have to remember that, like, we've we've covered this before, and advisors, it's an IC model most of the time, but it, on the operator DMC side, it is an employee model, and employees generally don't get to choose their clients. They have to pick up the phone, they have to answer every email, and it's also, in my experience, and based on what I have heard from, from people that work at other operators, I mean, generally speaking, it's like, it's high volume, it's high stress, you have to like churn stuff out, and you don't necessarily have a ton of time. So if something comes in, and it's like, yeah, this isn't gonna, I we can't do this, and this isn't gonna book anyways, slap something together and send it out, knowing that it will not book. And this isn't saying that this is happening. But the other thing you could be doing to ensure that you're not like if somebody came to me five times as a supplier and never closed one of those, I'm probably going to start doing that. So yeah. that doesn't mean, and I know Katie, and this is not, I'm not speaking for Katie because Katie has said this on here several times that she, like, she does not hold that against you. But what would be the polite thing to do is to go back and say, hey, Katie, I couldn't get this to close or they decided on whatever. Um, I really appreciate your assistance with it. Again, just treating your supplier partner like you want to be treated by the client. Nobody appreciates being ghosted by the client. Yeah. So neither do it. Explain to the supplier what have happened. Did they pick something else? Did they cancel the trip? And you know what? Sometimes we as the advisors don't know the real details. Like I know uh, Meg and I got an email the other day from somebody that I think was like a pretty blanket statement. But you know what? At least they came back and told us. Frustrating. Yeah. But Okay, at least they they had the the courtesy to say, "Hey, don't don't keep me on your list." Essentially, yeah, you know, like let's not you keep can going. move this off it. Yeah, so yeah. I think doing that to maintain a good relationship because you want to work with Katie or you want to work with John at whatever or what, you know whoever it is. Yes. Like, keep the lines of honest communication open and be like, "I'm so sorry." They or I haven't heard from them in three plus week, despite two emails and a phone call. I have no idea yeah. what's going on. And people say like, that all the time. I, I love when people are like, I'm super, super honest. And f for me personally, also, don't be afraid to put this in an email. It doesn't have – some people are, like, scared to, to tell me whatever, like – uh, detail about their client in email as if like, what, am, what do you think I'm going to do with this? I, I don't care. I only care as it relates to me in terms of, you know what I mean? Like if someone's right. like, just so you know, uh, this couple, they kind of hate each other and this is what we're dealing with or whatever. <laughs> just like, just tell me it's fine. Um, I'm not going to blast that out anywhere. Um, 
But yeah, it's it's all in context. Um, we, I have said that before, and it's definitely true because I work. I've uh, since the beginning, I've worked with a lot of advisors who are newer to the industry, um, and I like that. I like building a relationship early on and and um, showing showing them the side of the business early on, and sometimes that means it might be your three or four before we close a booking, um, and then. And then it gets better because their, their clientele grows with them. And I'm, I'm fine with that. But then there is a difference between, uh, I'm just thinking of like a, this one guy specifically. He like jerked me around for like a year or two years. He was constantly trying to get me to put together like random itineraries, basically on spec. And I was, I was just starting on my own. So I was getting my voice in terms of saying no until finally, like, basically I didn't, I, I just was like, I, listen. He would, from the, from after a certain point, he would just get emails that were like, yeah, if you wanted to put together a dr- group, we could do something like this, 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 a couple lines. You let me know when you have it together. You know, like I'm not putting all of this time into it, whatever. Right. So it's definitely all context. So, but if you're someone who's, if you're just, if it's just like closing because it's whatever reason, you know what I mean? Like it's, you're still building your clientele. You're still figuring this out. That's one thing. It's another, if you're like a <laughs> habitually abusing someone's time, they're probably going to tell you to kick rocks. Um, I write yeah, things, so. we know, we know that they, they, they be out there. Um, oh yeah. Again, you know, treat your client, your supplier partners, how you want to be treated. And if you let, if you let your clients jerk you around like that, that is not my problem or our problem. Mm -hmm. Like that's on you. You can say no. Um, and you can put parameters up. You, you have to get to the point though that you want to do that, but it's not fair to your supplier partners to be jerked around just because you have no respect for your time and boundaries. So yeah. Nobody's yeah, emergency ex- is is essentially my emergency. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, on yeah, the ground, I'm completely. talking differently. But like, you can't come at me because you suddenly need something, whether you're a client or whatever. Because no, it just yeah. doesn't work that way. No. Okay. The and other you want to build that relationship over time. Well, I was just gonna say, like the same way that you get significantly better at planning a trip for a client on your, you know, second trip, third trip, tenth trip. It's the same when you're working with um a supplier like our trips keep getting better and better like I know yeah. I, I am very used to like my regular people I know their clientele um and I know what type of trips they like and yeah so what our, our what our expectations are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it yeah so one of the other questions that we get and I'm gonna let you answer this because I really have to pee and okay uh, but why are I think you can answer it better than I can anyways uh why are some suppliers against giving cost breakdowns while others provide them happily brb okay okay so I actually think that we've I'm sure I've mentioned this before um but essentially it's contracts is what it all comes down to like I can tell you personally the way my contracts are written all of the services have to be packaged together we cannot break them out um and I would be unwilling to do a price breakdown to uh, and and at risk my contracts, which are far more important to my business than any one singular trip. Um, I would say the other reason that they likely aren't doing it, even if it's not contractual, which I mean, I think blanket statement, that's basically the case. That's we, we all are working under similar contracts. So it's just we're unable to break it out. Um, but the second part of that would be if you have a client who's trying to break out every piece a la carte, generally speaking, they're 
they're looking for any price differentials without being able to compare apples to apples 90% of the time. Um, so they want to look up what you have and then look it up themselves online. And, you know, maybe they find a room only rate, a run of the house room or whatever, and it's not the same thing, but they find something for $5 less. And then they want to try and piece it together on their own. Um, so that's really why they're not gonna break it apart part for you because they're no one wants to enable that <laughs> that behavior because you basically know what's going to happen um i would say if you know that you have a client um, or you yourself as an advisor if you prefer things to be separate then you need to work with a supplier who does separate pricing and you can ask that up front that goes right back to what we were just saying being open and honest with like listen I'm going to need a la carte pricing. Um, if someone asks me that, I can tell them right off the bat that I'm not going to be able to do that. So you're going to need to work with a supplier that will let you book each component separately, and then you can take it from there. So yeah, I think you just kind of go with that from the beginning and then take it from there. Welcome back. I just finished. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make it. Um, <laughs> the baby shall not allow it. Uh, okay. Sorry. And second, n- another question. Good segue. Here. Okay. This was actually interesting to me because we've seen that we actually got like a parallel version of this question on both sides. One was, Building relationships with BDM seems one-sided to travel advisors' benefit. The other one was, what, if anything, can a BDM really do for me other than get collateral and quote-unquote host an event? And I'm going to go to say that, like, I I don't know that we are the 100% best people to totally harp on this topic only because... My specifically, not talking about supplier relationships, BDM relationships, that role, whatever mm. whatever term they're given in their company, has gone so significantly downhill since moving to Gettysburg. Not even just yeah. going out on my own. That This happened before that. Yeah. Because I'm not in a major area. And the BDMs that are coming to this area are a very big box people that I don't, I never worked with prior to to me like really making this shift personally to small suppliers so yeah. i would i'm not seeing them so that's why i'm I, and I, katie doesn't really have a ton of experience with the specifically the bdm business development management in terms of work on the supplier side yeah you would have like hotel sales rep experience oh yeah some not a ton yeah i mean as far as like sales rep that works i mean there's the sales i I think of that as a different element you know like the sales director sales manager works directly for the hotel because they're they're still in it yeah that's kind of like um but i do i have encountered some reps i wouldn't say that's my close relationship though at all um i would say to me, it's more of a means of making a contact if I need to. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't rely on on that because I've, I've, I'm think sure I've said this on here before. I got to stop saying that. I've said that 20 times this, me this too. stupid podcast. Um, but, you know, to me, um, 
a res agent who's putting in stuff every day has a lot more at a hotel. If they're directly at the hotel, not like a central res, um, they have a lot more power than most people realize and they can get things done for you. Um, I think faster than, cause if you, if you're reaching out to a rep, they're going to like reach out to the hotel. I, I look at them as like a connection. They're the person who could connect me to a person. Um, I think that's that's actually a very good perspective. Well, it was interesting, that question, because the person who asked us and said this seems like really one-sided to art, to an advisor benefit, I like went a little ballistic. I won't lie to you. It wasn't personal, (laughs) if you know who you are. Um, More because I was like, oh my God, it's not beneficial at all to us. Yeah, It's a sales role. And I... I'm struggling with this conversation and and that's why I wanted to preface it with like, I don't know that we're the best people to to really harp on this because, because of how downhill that relationship has been. And also all my experience with BDMs, it's not that I don't like them personally. That's also the other thing I want to be very clear here. There are some people I've known my entire career that I really like personally. Um, And I would, the thing, the difference is I would champion for them no matter where they went. Yes. They've moved com- – several of them have moved companies, of course. And I yeah. champion for them because I like them as a person. Yeah. But the specific to the role they're playing or the role they've been hired on, I think it's a very stagnant, outdated role that makes – oh, God. I feel like – I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna get the hate mail. for Like, I just don't <laughs> – I, I can't – because in the three years that I've now been in Gettysburg or four – oh, my gosh, it's been almost four years. It hasn't – I have yet to, to like, I'm going to, like, I'm literally trying to pull, and granted, maybe my memory's not great, so somebody could be like, hey, Heather, remember that time? And be like, oh, fair enough. I'll go on there and correct myself. But, like, okay, my G Adventures rep, Jeremy, who's actually not even, he's now moved, like, he's gotten several promotions now. Um, but he used to come by my house, and he was so sweet. My I have, like, the kids. And we'd yeah. have, co- he was just so chill because he is a little boy himself. Like we had, he had a son about the same time I had my oldest. And he was always so good to me that way. He'd be like, I'll come to the house. No big deal. And we just have coffee and chit chat. We had like a few mutual friends because we both are from the area. And the fact that he went out of his way to do that. And he'd be like, maybe once every two quarters or so. I booked a group with G, sold it out. It, I mean, he didn't, but let's, like, he helped me with it, but. I mean, I did all the work on Jeremy's going to listen and be like, screw you, Heather. But I mean, that's that's the truth of it. He was just, that's their role, right? Yeah. I I don't, I really don't have experience with BDMs because that's not just like not an element of on my side of the, of the business and and just hasn't been the entire time. But yeah, I mean, the role is marketing. So they're there to like help educate you and can, yeah, connect you to the product. And then uh, someone else is going to be the one to help you carry out that product. I, yeah, I mean, I, I actually genuinely don't have super strong feelings either way. I do think um, it kind of goes like anything else. If it's somewhere where you can develop a, a good personal relationship, that is probably where it's most beneficial, like your relationship with Jeremy, or I'm thinking of Julie with Mint Travel. You know, she's a small hotel rep, which yeah, is the same thing. And I- but well, but I you know, know what I mean. Like, I she has a relationship the with the hotel. Yeah. No, yeah, she's yeah. not a BDM. But you know, if you're thinking of any any t- sort of rep- representation, whether it's um, a hotel That's rep a good or point, BDM, though. or you know what I mean, like you want to develop a a personal it's a relationship, connection. and I. Yeah, and I think yeah. I do think okay. I'm always going to be team. Uh, smaller companies are better at 
um, doing this. Someone's going to like play this back for me. If North and Leisure ever like grows to a certain size, they're going to be like, <laughs> <"You asshole." laughs> I can't wait for that day. We're like, <laughs> I think it's going to happen to us no matter what. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think even if I listened to anything a year from ago, I'd probably cringe at myself. Uh, <laughs> fair. True. Um, True. I just, I yeah. guess what I want to get out of this for you is that it's a, I really liked how you said that, Katie. It's a connection. And that's how you look yeah. at, they're not, it is, here's what I, I guess I don't understand. Like, I don't understand how this is beneficial to you as an advisor, because typically in the hierarchy of those companies, they have no power. And I mean that with as much love as possible, but that's the truth. So they can't mm-hmm. necessarily help you. They might be able to speed something up, which is beneficial sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. But typically, like, their hands are fairly tied or they have to call three other people to get something done because that's just not their role. Their role is to be, like you said, trying to remind you, it's a sales role. They're trying to remind you that they exist, that this exists and that you, they want, please think of us when you have this need in front of you. And um, otherwise, I, I don't. I don't know. I know we've actually had several offers where some of them have been like, like, we'll go on the podcast with you, but you guys know we don't we don't do guests. Um let's just we'll share your guests. answers. Like, the yeah, same reason that you want guests. more podcasts is the same reason we can't have guests. It's <laughs> took us we doing it took this. like a month and a half to to do this one. Yeah. Um Yep. <laughs> so anyways, like and and it, it's also we don't the one of the other reasons we wouldn't want to BDM on here um is because they're of course representing the company that they work for naturally mm-hmm. as they should be. Yeah. And we don't want any bias at all because any of the BDMs that I feel like personally close to, I don't love the companies that they work for. <laughs> and so I would feel very uncomfortable in that and touting like I'd want it. Yeah. It's like we need a former BDM. That's what we need. Somebody yeah. who used to do oh, it as yeah. an advisor or something yeah, like in that. A different role. Because yeah. I would feel uncomfortable. Um just yeah, I'd feel uncomfortable. That wouldn't I we've done such a good job in my head. I yeah. think being as organic as possible and genuine to yeah. our our own selves. And so I don't wanna yeah. I don't want to change that. We're not going to change that. But I think keeping them as a connection and trying to utilize them, just knowing that their bandwidth is is probably not well, that. And ask them point uh, blank, what, sh- what kind of power do you have? <laughs> like, well, ask that yeah, nicely. Just be like, do, the, do the ask I, appropriately. Yeah, I think you just say like, what, like, you know, obviously you're here to talk to me about XYZ, whatever the company is. Like, you know, how else, how else do we work together? Like, what else, you know, when, when do I come, if I have a problem, do I come to you? Or is that inappropriate? Or what's, yeah, tell me who to reach. Because actually a lot of the bigger companies now, they'll give you like a PDF of who to email when you have certain issues. And maybe you're yeah. like, I'm not the, I'm not going to host an event. That's not who my clientele is. My clientele is not local to me. So how else could we work together? And then also, I think there's a double-edged question there too, in terms of like co-op marketing. Um, mm. Just because I recently have learned the hard way, <laughs> where tell me what the what that looks like. What are the steps that we're gonna have to take? Especially if you are with a host, of course you have another layer of that. But what does that look like? How do I get co op money? What could I use that for? Um, be gen- like they're genuinely invested in you because remember, like it's a win for them. The more sales you bring, yes. the better they look. Like well, yeah, it, that's the thing. Like, the win is really are- for them. <laughs> 
Yeah, you are their account. So I just keep that in mind too. Also, don't just say yes to any sort of marketing yes, dollars or marketing, good, good um, whatever, if it's not a match for your clientele, because there will be some pressure for you to follow that up with some sales. Uh, but yeah, I, I think ultimately just like kind of understanding that their role is marketing and that they're not necessarily to, that you could have a great, great relationship with your BDM and it also and it not translate to a good working experience with the main company, whatever, you know, it's just, you got to test out those relationships as you go as far as like when it comes to like when we get down to brass tacks, the person that you're working with isn't brass working or not. Brass Ooh. Look at you. And- <laughs> What's that mean? Have you never heard that saying? Like, no. I don't know. Did oh. your dad say it? This is like a... Yes. Is <laughs> <laughs> this a dad saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell him I appreciated oh, it. Yeah. I appreciate it so much. It's so funny. Yeah, I I don't know. I think you just gotta, it's just like everything else, build the relationship and see. It is also, I going back to it being a good connection, this is a reason that it would be, would benefit you to have a very good relationship because when they do move companies, it might, maybe their first company isn't something you're in line with and maybe their next one is. And that is a contact that you have. That happens to me on the hotel side. I have people, you know, it's not uncommon at all for a hotel staff to move from one property to another, like within yeah. the same country. And I've gotten more contracts that I just got an email last week uh, from a hotel opening in Dublin and the salesperson worked at a different hotel and she's moved because I'm sure she was able to get, uh, you know, a higher position or something because there's a new place opening. And she reached out. It's like, hey, can we work together here? Sure. Yeah, I'm down. That's awesome. So we already have I love a, stories a good like that. Relationship. Yeah, that's so what. Keep- that's a. I hope all my BDM yeah. friends remember that. Like, I love you no matter where you are, whether I like yeah. it or not. But I will champion right? for you as a person. You know, like wherever yeah. you are, um, it you know might just not line up with my current, my current. Client, and I think but. you can be honest about that. I have I. I have lots of advisor friends where it's like, yeah, so, uh, like I'd love to work with you, but that's just not really what I'm booking. It's like I'm not, I am not here to convince anyone to use North and Leisure. I think actually we should say that because I kind of felt it. I shouldn't say I felt it. Working, oh, I feel it on TPT. Yeah, at times where it's like I'm just trying to give my and my experience is my own, so I'm just trying to give my perspective on it, and, and I'm doing so from from as as my my experience right. in North and Leisure. But I can always feel it where someone's like, they want to talk about another company for Ireland or whatever. It's like, well, I was gonna come to you, but I did it because like, no explanation needed. Honestly, I don't like that is not why I'm a part of TPT. This is not a sales avenue for me. I am not here to <laughs> if you, you know, haven't listened direct- to the episode before this, <laughs> you <Right>. should. <laughs> Right. I mean, it's just like, you know, this is not where. So don't don't feel bad. That doesn't mean that we can't have connections. That also doesn't mean that I won't help you. I've helped many of people with some recommendations, even when, uh, you know, for, you know, they had someone that was doing the CIE uh, B&B voucher thing that I'm I'm not going to book. So like, I'm not going to leave you hanging dry for friends. Um, yeah. So that's not. No stress. No stress on that part of it. Don't make it weird. It makes me feel uncomfortable when I can feel people dancing around it. And I'm like, I don't, this isn't what I wanted. This is not what I wanted. (laughs) Don't make it weird, please. This wasn't my Uh, goal. Yeah, don't. I was like, please. That's so funny. (laughs) 
So I think I think I'm thinking we can wrap it up. I was just gonna like highlight yeah. some points. A Katie and TPT both have on their websites northernleisure.com or travelprotheory.com have a supplier cheat sheet. That's one. Two, treat your supplier the way you want to be treated by your client. And and same yes. thing going backwards. You want how, how do I say that? Treat your client. You, you want your like, supplier to treat you the way that you would treat a client. Thank you. Yeah. So smart. And then I guess the only, like, the third thing I would say in terms of just highlighting the preferred supplier relationship within the consortia, really gut check your check gut check yourself on on what you need and what your client needs and what's working for you. Don't be afraid. There ain't nothing to be Don't scared be of. Afraid. You can be independent. It's fine. You can be I'm over a host in a consortia. It's fine. Yeah. It's yeah, okay. I've done that. And yeah. And people stress really hard. We said this at Workcation too, and I think it's worth repeating here. Um, if you're with a host and it's okay if you outgrow them. They probably don't want me to say that. It's okay. At some point you may outgrow your host or maybe your business shifts or maybe you're new and you haven't established what you're um, like nailed down exactly what direction your business is going yet. And that's okay. You can change at any time. I'm not going to say it's like easy and painless. I know it's a lot of uh, a little bit of an annoyance to like get things moved, but you got to make the... Give it, give it some thought. It's not the end of the world. I've moved, I moved three times in three years. You'll be okay. Yeah, it's okay. Um, it's okay. I was like, it's, and I just, I don't also get really perplexed about the movement part of it in terms of uh, creating logins. I just create them as I have to go. Like I needed yeah. to in the matter of the last weekend. It is what it is. Also, oh, well. your suppliers, or I should say your small suppliers, we're not phased by this. I don't care. It happens all the oh, time. so true. People are like... They're like, they let me know as if it's like a big news, like I'm moving. I'm like, okay, cool, man. I- That's true. You talked <laughs> me off the ledge on that a couple of times. Cause again, it feels so weighted on this end. Cause we're only hearing, yeah. you know, one thing and, and you're like, I don't care. Well, that's the other thing too. Small supplier does not care about your, I add a number. They're not sending no. you commission that way. So no, we don't care. Like our, just like we were saying with, uh, you know, with your reps or whoever you work with. You want, my relationship is with you at the end of the day. So I'm championing you wherever you are, whatever agency you move to, whatever host you move to. Um, that's my priority. I, I don't care. I don't care. I want you to, to be wherever you're going to thrive. And um, that changes. Amen, so, sister. Your, your suppliers don't care about that. Don't worry. We ain't stressed. <laughs> it ain't changing my day. My, I'm trip planning just the same either way. <laughs> and I was like, do I still have to do a job? Yep. Actually, that's all yeah. I care about. Can everybody just do their job? That would be fucking amazing if everybody right. could just show up and do the job every day. Ugh. Damn it. All right. We swore enough for one. I know, right? <laughs> Hopefully that answers some questions. If you have others, let us you know. know where to find us. And I hope you guys have a great end of 19 and early start to 20. Bye.